This meeting is being recorded. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahano Bhunatu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhita Mastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Anyone to chant 41 till the end of the chapter? Okay, let me chant. So I'm going to chant from uh, 40 because I think that seems to be a logical point. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Parthanaivehana Mutra Vinashastasya Vidyate Nahi Kalyana Krutakaschete Durgatim Tata Gachati Prapya Punyakrutam Lokan Ushitva Sashwati Samaha Shuchinam Srimatam Gehe Yoga Brashto Bijayate Atava Yogina Meva Kule Bhavati Dimatam Yetadidurlabataram Loke Janmayadi Drusham Tatratam Buddhism Yogam Labhate Paurvade Hikam Yatate Chatato Puyaha Samsidhau Kurunandana Purva Bhyasenate Naiva Triate Yavasho Pisaha Jigya Surapi Yogasya Shabda Brahmati Vartate Prayatna Dyatamanastu Yogi Sam Shuddhakil Bishaha Aneka Janma Sam Siddhaha Tato Yati Parangatim Tapas Vibhyodiko Yogi Yani Bhyopimato Dikaha Karmibyas Chadha Karmibhyaschadiko yogi, tasmad yogi bhavarjuna, yogi nama pisarvesham, madgate nantaratmana, sraddhavan bhajate yomam, same yukta tamomataha, om tatsatu, itishrimad bhagavad gita su, upanishad su. Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Shastre Sri Krishna Juna Samvade Dhyana Yogo Nama Shashto Dhyayaha So, uh, in the last uh, uh, discussion, we did from 36 to uh, 40, 36 to 40, and Basically, uh, uh, you know, thirty-six to forty, it's 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 all about uh, Arjuna's question to Krishna, where he says, "Okay, I'm I'm going to go take this new route. What if I fail in this new route? What if I don't achieve my goal? What would happen to me?" Right, and and I think you know the discussions what we had uh, last week was uh, triggered off by Sakuba's uh, question, which said, "Okay, hey, I also have similar kind of doubts," and then you know. We started explaining and discussing about how each one of us felt and how we would go about in the path. And I think I, re I recall, Ajay, you recollecting about, you know, how the path has changed from 2019 for you and, you know, how you think 
how we think about the whole thing. And that was pretty enlightening. There are a couple of other people also who shared uh, their experiences uh, in terms of how the path is uh, changing their life and whether it is worth it or not to continue on this path and what, what would happen if we are not able to achieve this particular goal. Um, there was this you know, back and forth debate in terms of saying, that, okay, is it is it that you know we are thinking that we will not be able to achieve in this particular lifetime or whether you know we can achieve in this particular lifetime? So I think Muku's point was, you know, it's it's instant. Yes, you can have that in this in, in this lifetime itself, but uh, practically, you know, it, it may take some time for us to prepare the mind to get to that uh, get to that stage. So uh, there was this beautiful, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, analogy that he talks about. Uh, Arjuna says, saying that uh, you know, like that uh, uh, a small piece of cloud that detaches itself from the mother cloud. Won't it get dissipated without being attached either to the mother cloud or to finding a new destination? So that is a beautiful analogy. What um, uh, what what Arjuna Arjuna says, and so uh, so that that was the uh, you know broad discussions what we've had in the last uh, satsang. Anyone uh, anyone can add, and then we can kick off with our aha moments. Yeah, nothing from last week, but I could see that, you know, those questions that uh, Jina asked or whatever we had has very clearly been addressed in the in this 41 to 47. I mean, absolutely, uh, as if, you know, he was kind of, say, <laughs> getting into our uh, uh, <clears throat> mind to say that, okay, this is the doubt that you have, so this is what it is. So I think pretty clear, actually, so... And it gives a, it, it leaves you with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, optimism to that. Okay, so even if uh, the thing is, even if the next birth is not going to have is going to happen, probably you will be born in a, you know, in a family which is, uh, I mean, where you will you will be you will be born in an in, in an environment you know which where you can just take off from where you left. So that's that's kind of heartening, and also as Moku keeps mentioning from his guru, you know that it can happen anytime. So I think that part is also uh, re-stressed here, actually. Yeah, I think I think the most important takeaway for me was that uh, you know when we in the present stage, if we are thinking that you know the default route is, okay, I, I will strive, I may not get it. Maybe there's still a possibility of the next birth. Uh, then, you know, it gives hope. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, I've already done a lot of work in my previous births. And maybe this is my last. And then we reframe that reframe that thinking in our own minds. Then the, uh, then the importance of striving and the sadhana becomes a little bit more stronger in my view. That's, that's how I felt uh, in this, uh, when I was reading this chapter. Yeah, I mean, I, I found uh, 41, 42 really kind of interesting because it does answer, as Sakura was saying, some of our 
our questions. And interestingly, what he says in 41-42 is, if you are a yogi, you obviously have a desire to be spiritual, but together with the yoga, you might also have desires for bhog, right? And so to fulfill that desire for, for bhog, you might be sent to your sort of, you know, the divine sort of celestial world where you get all the bhog that you want. And then you come back on earth to continue your journey of divinity. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a journey, uh, kind of like, you know, you, you're kind of walking and you go to sleep at night and you get up in the morning and continue a journey. So, you know, this, you know, one of the things that always been on my mind has been, why do you need to go to heaven? you will. Uh, and, you know, when you think about all our sort of gods, if you will, Indra and whatever else, you know, they have a lot of the negative virtues that we kind of say we should not have, right? Whether it is anger or jealousy or all the other stuff, right? But it seems to me what these two verses are suggesting is going there is really to fulfill your sort of desire for hope. And once that desire for the material sort of longings goes away uh, you come back to mother earth and then you continue your your journey and hopefully get to the other end so in a way that sort of loop was was, was pretty interesting um yeah and yeah so yeah in, in a way sort of going to heaven is not such a bad thing because you know in my mind i always just think why do i need to go to heaven i just want to go across this whole sort of you know worldly Sort of thing. But that was an interesting perspective around uh, around you know you that's the that's the that's what what's been ordained to get you over the desire for material uh, to get over the material desires. So Ajay, um, when you were saying that, this struck me right. Um, you know, going to heaven. Heaven is basically a place where you quote unquote uh, enjoy without any uh, you know problems. Yeah. I think there's a one definition of heaven where uh, when Swamiji says that where at least you will not have uh, the problem of hunger and uh, thirst, right? Which is a bodily part of it um, problem that you that we have here <clears throat> and you don't have it in heaven. He says, but then the point is like when you go back and when you go back and remember chapter two and chapter three, chapter two and chapter three, it says that you know whatever activities that we do they give you papa and punya both and you will have to experience both exactly okay so the point is you know both of them are within the realm of that uh, the uh, the three three gunas and yeah initially when when someone is doing more papa you try to move the person to do uh, less papa and more punya Therefore, he will experience the benefits of both. But then the person who is doing more uh, punya, you'll have to, you'll have to, um, the person has to trigger himself to move away from doing that and go towards moksha. Because if the person is interested in only the punya, then the path, what you're suggesting, you know, that he will take this path and go to the heaven and then enjoy that and then come back again. Because right. there'll be some desire or the other in his mind that will exactly. say, okay, prompt him back. 
that's the mechanism to really sort of burn that desire, right? But obviously, the ideal thing is not to go to heaven because heaven is also part of this material yeah. universe. Yeah. <laughs> and the Swamiji also jokingly says, you know, uh, they say, you know, US is like heaven, you know, all the people from India want to go to the US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you, when you think about heaven, you kind of say, look, it's going to kind of burn all my punyas, really, because there is no papas, right? So, in a way, sort of, it's, it's, a, it's a zero-sum game in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> But the bad news is that uh, it's longer cycle, longer duration. Of course. Of course. That part. So I have a question. Uh, I know in this, in these uh, slokas, it is, suggest it's, it is suggestive of an evolutionary, um, uh, you know, approach, right? Is it possible that in the next birth, in spite of what you've done now, right? that any of the other um, karmas from many, many, many births ago, which are um, potentially, let's say, the, the bad karmas, would kick in as the next, in the next birth. Here, it seems to suggest that it is evolutionary, right? You, you, you've already done so much, and hence, it, you, you're moving forward and moving forward, moving forward. But what if another set of karmas from the uh, from way ago is it possible that that would come in and then you get a birth that would pull you back i mean uh, yeah i had this question while reading this i, I don't have an answer I mean, like, I presented as a question. do you mean uh Kishore, that in your next birth your prarabdhas are not as favorable as maybe yeah. this birth yeah yeah. Is, is, yeah is that possible i don't i, I don't know if that is addressed anywhere in, in uh, how they yeah. in this, but it seems evolutionary when you look at it. This one in in this one. Talk about interesting. No, I you know I, you know I was also having similar one when I was reading the you know shloka forty four. So where he says that you know if you um, you know even if you were uh, if, if you've done a lot of I mean if you were a yogi in your past life or a fallen yogi as he calls uh, maybe because you've not fulfilled uh, everything. But you were a fallen yogi, but you were a yogi in the last birth. And if you fall, if you if you are born in a, uh, you know, in a in a in an environment which is not uh, conducive for spiritual growth, then also you know because you know it is there in the. I mean, uh, uh, the effect of what you did in the past will be, you know, will somehow materialize in you know in the next birth. Like you know, gives the example of say Valmiki and so on. So. In that context, you know, if you just if you flip it, you know, so if somebody, um, uh, you know, some uh, somebody was not a yogi, or I mean, somebody had some papas from the you know previous birth, but he is he he's born in a you know in a in a in an environment which is conducive for spiritual growth. So will the same thing happen that you know, in spite of being in the right environment, he will you know, he will fall back because that's what he he was in the previous birth. I mean, it's it's like uh, um, I'm just trying to uh, understand. You know, from uh, from if that can happen, you know, will the vice versa also happen? Good, no, good questions, Krishna. Are you going to are you going to answer your perspective to those two questions? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so, from from uh, Swamiji's talks. Um, yeah. 
there are three three types of karmas right so there is uh, sanchita karma agami karma and prarabdha karma like sanchita karma is the one that we are constantly building up as big bundles of whatever we do uh, and agami is like what's going to come prarabdha is the arrow has already been shot nothing can be changed and it will go through and that is why even many of the self realized masters even after they have attained all that has to be attained they still have to continue with the bodily form or sometimes even have to suffer through diseases or something to kind of wipe the slate clean so why so right uh, so swamiji dis- looks at this like as a bank account so either you do punyam or papam the account is positive or negative and positive being like you have to enjoy it through the swargam or negative you have to go suffer through the uh, narakam right so in either case it has to come back to zero before before you uh, before you kind of either take a rebirth come back or like in chapter 7 or 8 there is another way to like you exhaust all your punya papam but then you go to brahma loka and then brahma ji himself becomes your guru and you get your shravanamana uh, and this nididhyasanam done there and then you so krama mukti and there is like two type of muktis uh, that happen to so that's like another another way of uh, looking at like how all this uh, for 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 the so like again like when 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 we are also learning all this uh, krishna's teaching is also to kind of go beyond all the body mind and uh, karna sharinam so all these things are going to be there for the bmi and the three shariras it's always going to be there there will be like some cycle but you associate yourself beyond these three is the part of uh, oh i have kind of transcended beyond these things then it does not who am i saying is going to get the death or the punyam or papam or going to the heaven earth kind of you dissolve the question you do not resolve the question as swamiji says you kind of invalidate and dissolve the question of uh, what is happening to the sukshma sariram that's like the one that we are because the stola sariram clearly we know dies and then you burn or cremate uh, bury whatever happens so stola sariram that everybody then is uh, bothered about at this point or oh, there is this jeevatma what does happen to that the soul does it go to the heaven and uh, hell and go through various things and the karna sariram everybody knows kind of stays like until even pralayam it will still be there in potential form and then kind of comes back it's just like a circle you cannot find the starting or end point at all so the realization point is kind of itself defined as come out of all the three and uh, go one step uh, beyond beyond all this i kind of uh, i was thinking one more this is just like more like open question slash pondering uh every so if we, if we instead of taking this too literally literally as uh, the actual body death right if we take every day's uh, deep sleep as like our own death so there is like a nice figurative way to look at this that uh, what we have done so far is like what's going to affect our uh, today all the past is what's going to affect us today and maybe what we are going through currently our state of heaven and hell in our minds is based on what we have done and if we do something very good today then tomorrow is going to be better and better and better and so on so let's say like another way like even even in sandhya vandanam there is this concept of when you go to deep sleep you kind of die 
and you actually do like a little bit of prayer for that too that's also the reason why you do like all this oh i have done like all this pop ups let me clean myself before i do my prayers uh, so that's like another uh, thought i had like maybe it could mean that too yeah can i just take i think uh, you know ajay and uh, uh, sakuba the questions what you ask is very interesting the way that i have understood this is um uh if you think about it today okay just take the snapshot of this set of individuals there in this particular group right okay uh whatever that we are conscious of of our own self we've been doing multiple things in the past right from the time that we've been aware of who we are uh progressing in different directions you know maybe business or whatever right uh, multiple things that we've been doing things to quote unquote achieve something but somehow uh the seed at some point of time comes in, in into the thing and then it's kind of you know shaking shaking what we have done so far to move it back to pivot it back to the original intention so which shows that the seed was already there in the past birth somewhere and the seed seed is waking up but it also shows for a fact that you know let's say that you know 40 45 or 50 plus kind of a time frame is when we have you know this seed started germinating till that time we've been chasing some other bogas or desires it shows that you know the in the previous birth uh, the the or in the pre, any of the previous births the the seed must have been there but it must not have been strong enough for it to germinate to the extent that it is germinated in this particular birth because if it is if it has germinated uh, beyond uh, this particular uh, uh, birth um, in in any of the previous births then we would not be here we would be in some some other situation in terms of our mental evolution therefore what it shows is that you know if you draw a pie chart i think you know maybe it is still not at 50 plus percentage in terms of our desire to get to that okay and when it gets to 50 plus plus percentage because uh, uh, a desire to get that uh, moksha then perhaps to sakuba's point right in the next birth we will find the right circumstance if it is still even 49% okay then i think you'll still end up in some circumstance where you'll have to move it to beyond beyond the needle of 50% that's how i understood uh, this thing and there's another thing also uh, ajay this you asked this question right you know uh, what would happen if if you you know can any other birth can come come to you in the next time so my point is you know the way that i understood is you know this uh, sanchita karma is like a reservoir okay when you go dip into it you don't know which which of those karmas that you're going to pick up as a dominant theme for your next birth okay and the only way that that uh, that krishna says in in gita and i don't know whether it's in the previous chapters or in the future chapters he says that the the last uh, uh, desire what the last thought that you would have when you die is your deepest desire okay does not matter what that thought is and you know we can discuss the logic of the particular thing a little later but he says that when you are taking that last breath if you are thinking of x okay you will create circumstances in your next birth to achieve the particular x that's what he says so effectively you know if i'm thinking of let's say you know and swami gurupananda uses very very you know harsh words to explain this he says if you're thinking of you know enjoying with food then you will be born as a pig for example he says it so harshly now i've heard that one which is that your your deepest your last desire is typically your deepest desire and you know as much as you might want to think that i want to think about god you know you will think what is your deepest desire uh, but look i mean a, a lot of this you know you know i think the thought that i was having was 
I think what Kishore was articulating is that, you know, we may have like gotten to a point where we have the right prarabdha, and that kind of takes us on the path to to moksha. But if it doesn't get done, then we're kind of then need to deal with the next set of prarabdhas which we have no control over, right? Which which is going to be from the sanchita pool, right? Uh, but that, but you know, at, at another level, the way I think about it is that, you know, this is a very complex equation, right? It's kind of got gazillion of variables and, you know, uh, papams and punyams and all sorts of things, right? And, uh, but like we said, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, so when we think about hereditary, right? You know, we say it's hereditary and we kind of think about it as more physical, right? But in some ways, you know, what we are talking about is like spiritual heredity, right? Where, and that's the cycle we need to be more focused on at a certain level because are we evolving spiritually or not? That is the key as far as, you know, Vedanta is concerned. The body will come and go and it'll have all sorts of pluses and minuses. You'll be taller and shorter and stronger or weaker, whatever it might be, right? But the fundamental focus needs to be on spiritual hereditary. And that's where I think what these shlokas are saying is that once the seed is sown, it might grow, it might stop, it may, it might be in a latent stage, if you will, where it is just stalled. Your spirituality has evolved, but it might stall for a bit. But the, but the essential factors are still there, uh, ready to kind of move forward once you've taken care of the other sort of associated things, which are again determined by your karma bank, right? And, you know, there's this concept around what they call the Goldilocks principle, right? Neither too hot, neither too cold, just right, right? And so I think of getting to that point where you are kind of going to cross that Rubicon is, you know, whether that, you called it the 49, 50% thing, but it's really that sort of, Goldilocks, just right point where everything sort of connives and gets you to the other end. And so whether, you know, it's the last thought or whether it is, you know, whether I go to heaven and come back to earth and then continue my spiritual journey, all of that is is good from a, from a conversation, theoretical point of view. But I think at the end of the day, it all needs to come together. And the, the good news, at least, that I am sort of seeing from these, these last few verses from my perspective is, you know, it will, it's a journey. It, do, it doesn't throw you back, I think. It stalls. But then at some point, it continues. And so the key thing is to keep moving. I mean, you might be stuck at 78%, 99% for that matter. That's okay. But your goal has to go from 99 to 99.1 to 2 and whatever, right? Uh, I had this, this huge kind of thought about, I've seen a lot of people who are very spiritual and then they suddenly fall off the wagon, right? And that sort of worries you because you say, well, I can go backwards. I don't think you can go backwards. That's my sort of where I am right now. It might change. But I think as long as you keep moving forward, wait for the Goldilocks to strike. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll all get to the other end. No, I think you said it very well. I think the word that you used is very, very beautiful. Stalls. It stalls for whatever reasons it stalls. So it does not mean that it has moved away from the path. It is just yeah. the engine it's is stalled. Latent. And the engine it's just, just somewhere. It's, it's, in the, it's, it's in a latent form. It will surface. It will take you forward. Yeah. 
this uh, the these shlokas uh, uh, somehow i felt very few places in the uh, uh, in this uh, scriptures there is a mention of the time that takes between births right there's a clear mention in these shlokas that you know sometimes you're born immediately if your sadhana was strong enough you're born immediately into the right uh, circumstances and you pursue where you left and you achieve what you want and sometimes like you mentioned right there is another plane that you uh, go to and uh, you know uh, and then it takes some time there before taking uh, taking the human form to pursue what you were pursuing right uh yeah so that that was that was eye opening for me uh and to the questions you guys asked regression is possible uh for a very long time i was thinking that it is evolutionary and from this stage you can only you know go forward and attain moksha but then someone corrected me a, long, a few years ago and said no regression is possible depending on you know on what your uh, how strong your desires are right if you want to uh, eat then you can be born as a pig if you want to sleep you can be born as a buffalo or whatever it is right so uh, uh, regression is possible net net but any spiritual uh, sadhana uh, cannot have a uh, there's no downside to it is what i you know i eventually concluded right uh, uh, it will it will only add to the good or the positive side of your karma balance and uh, uh, it will help you in your journey so there's no downside for the spiritual practice uh, and we just need to keep at it as long as uh, we can and uh, persevere to uh, to achieve what we set out to achieve you're well said uh, and I, i must share this with you you know yesterday one of our batchmates he called me and i'm not going to tell you who who called me we were just chatting and then he said uh, hey you know guntax uh, uh, my wife has taken on the path that you have chosen i said what has she started writing she said no 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 she's taken the spiritual path and then i'm getting into trouble and all that stuff then i said okay what's happening then he said what who's a guru and all that stuff i was just asking he said nahi mai usko deta hu tum baat kar lo i spoke to her and then I, then she was asking me what is the path that you follow or what is the path that i following and all that and she follows this kundalini yoga path and all that then uh, uh, then she was obviously saying you know this guy has become a little you know atheist and he doesn't believe in all these things and all that stuff then uh, i was i was telling her that you know uh, uh, that's that's fine as long as uh, he's uh, he's he's okay with it right and then we had a long chat after that me and uh, that guy we had a long chat and the point what what he was saying was that uh, uh see whatever that you are explaining i understand but i don't see a reason why i should even inquire about that his point was his point was very clearly i don't see a reason for me to inquire about it okay so he knows that there is something in this particular part of the subject beyond the sciences but he is not ready to inquire so the question is you know is he a spiritual guy or is he a atheist or is he somebody who is not a spiritual guy so my answer uh, my law, my argument with him was that you are a spiritual guy it's just that you're not inquired and you're not ready to inquire so you know you will get out of the path sooner or later yeah, yeah i don't think we should try to 
force anybody to get onto this path they will get on it when they are ready for uh, for it right uh, yeah when somebody is uh, comes to us with a curiosity of getting on here we can certainly help them but i think going after them deliberately to bring them on this path may be a futile exercise in many of the cases right it will be wasting we'll get totally. frustrated Totally. we will lose over this thing right so totally. there's no point there's no point you know people have their own cycles and timelines that they will get onto this yeah. that's what we do yeah okay. I, I, my, my view is you're right uh, um, uh, that uh, there that uh, you know there's no point sort of pushing people and that's probably true for everything in, in some ways not just spirituality but uh, I feel like you know there is no harm in saying it and not and sort of moving on that's okay but i think you when you say something you leave a impression which hopefully kind of is is accretive for the other person so that's kind of just how i think about it i mean i'm certainly not in favor of having a long argument and which goes nowhere and just makes it worse perhaps sometimes uh, the the other thing which i wanted to sort of just mention you know to what you said today about regression right does do we regress spiritually right and i have a slightly different you know view now i mean it's 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 all we're all learning together but earlier i used to think exactly what you said but now i feel like it's it's uh, you know spirituality spiritual spiritually we're not regressing i think the mate- material desires are kind of taking center stage right and so spiritually we're kind of where we are it's just that you know it just doesn't sort of allow us to move ahead and it's, and the, so the seed is there it's it's germinating it's kind of there and it'll, it'll eventually sort of balance out once the material side of it uh, wanes i think you're That's right i think about it also ajay that it remains dormant and it what it has been um uh, inculcated will not go away those vasanas the spiritual right. vasanas are going to be there the new um paths have been drawn but maybe uh, dormant now but can be active later yeah. the other sorry shama go ahead we can't hear you shamla shamla did you have something to say no i think she's on she's a lot in mute and it's showing up yeah see the other insight that i had was i think probably she had some issue with her uh, connection looks like audio mm-hmm. see the other issue, the other interesting observation that i had when i was finishing off this last few uh, you know um, verses of this particular chapter was krishna is telling arjuna to become a yogi okay and meditate basically dhyana and it was pretty ironic because it's in the middle of a battlefield where <laughs> you know in the previous chapters he's been telling him you know boss fight okay and then now he is saying you know the person who needs to fight uh, who uh, the uh, he's he's telling the person who who has to fight saying that uh, the only way you can get there is you be a yogi and meditate right and you know initially i was wondering how do i resolve this you know dichotomy problem you know first is saying okay first of all you're telling someone in the middle of the battlefield to Uh, that dhyana yoga is the path for you to do okay and then you are also saying in the previous chapters saying that you better fight how do you resolve this and here is how i felt and maybe you know you guys can help me understand if this understanding is right or not i think he says 
the word is yogi he uses the word yogi yoga dhyana i think even the chap beginning of the chapter says that dhyana yoga is meant for yogis and not for uh, everybody else and yogi means the two characters what he says in the previous chapter right i in fact i went back to chapter 2 to check this uh, uh, yogi means uh, uh, samatvam yoga vichyate that's one thing that's uh, one one character then the other character was uh, 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 what's the other one krishna help me out with the other one uh, samatvam yoga vichyate and uh, which is equanimity uh, yoga karma so, shukla karmasha yeah. poshana so basically dexterity in action so unless until one is dexterous in what they are doing and at the same time equanimous then meditation is not the right tool for them so if you are if you don't have that right uh, these two characteristics then even if you try meditation you probably will not likely to succeed in that particular path that's how i kind of made sense of the whole thing yeah no that makes sense completely in fact in fact on on 46 i think is what you're referring to to rajesh i i had a bit of a question i mean he talks about three things right the pasvi gyani and karmi okay and i can understand sort of yogi is superior to a tapasvi and to a karmi but the fact that it is superior to a gyani is a bit sort of contradictory in my mind because i thought gyani and yogi are not different no no, uh, no 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 gyani and so here, the way that i think swami chinmayananda explains that if you are just given for pedantic teaching pedantic reading okay i can be an ex- excellent orator and i can communicate to you what this concept of brahman is all about but i'm still yeah. pedantic okay no, i understand but, but my understanding is that the word gyani is not just just intellectual knowledge but gyani is somebody who that's what i'm saying you know the, okay. the word gyani the way that it has to be interpreted in this in this particular verse okay. me, uh, yeah because yoga for example as a word can be interpreted in multiple ways right understood that, that, that the context is important yeah of course yeah i got it being on the path of gnana without sadhana i think is what is being alluded to here in this context it's like teaching teaching morals to a, a class but not following those morals that you know it doesn't stick to the people to the to the kids i would hesitate to go to a doctor who says you know don't smoke and he still he's a smoker mm. Yeah, the question will always come right you know i'm i'm coming to you to give me some guidance and you're telling you give me the guidance but it seems to be bookish guidance because you yourself are not following that why should i why should i follow shamla you were saying something when i think your connection went off Hey, apologies. It, it's very, very erratic. I wasn't meaning to say or disturb the flow, Rajesh. Please continue.
one one thing interesting i found is uh, that in the 40 uh, 40th verse uh, that is considered as bhagwan's promise so he says if you believe me you will not fall nothing bad is ever going to come to you so that's like one of those very emphatic promises like all the other times it's like more certain the equation of do this do this do this if you do this you will get that but here it kind of goes a little bit outside and then says if you follow this yogic path there is no fall for you so that's like one of the very interesting things and there's going to be more uh, promises that comes up later um which we can all take like uh, good encouragement from the bhagwan's not going to let that happen to us uh, but to also continue on uh, rajesh's point i think all the the, the shloka 46 calls like all of them also as like a yogi right like so there is the tapish vibhyo yogi adiko yogi like one who does only uh, the being just an ascetic but they have not got the jnana or the jnana nishta and then there is also the karmi bio adiko yogi one who does only the rituals who is a karmi rather than not or just like only at the karma yoga level and not not gone beyond that and hence he says bu beyond those two and then uh, the next one is says have the faith and then uh, shraddha van yamam yomam bhajate so worship me and uh, it's, it's like a very nice setup to how all the karma yoga part kind of stops there and then when he says bhajate what should i worship uh, 7 8 9 is kind of going to take off about the the lord's form and the greatness and so on so i thought that was very interesting the yeah. way it uh, led up to the sequence krishna i i like that uh, 44 uh, verse also it basically says uh, it summarizes chapter 1 2 3 4 5 6 all of them in the sense that slowly he says you know one yoga is good then the other one then the other one and the finally this one to me all of them are equally important because unless you do the first one second one third one you can't achieve the the, the final one so he is just uh, you know nicely telling like how we tell our kids like you have to do math and then you have to also do science you have to also yeah. so it's exactly like that he's uh, it's it's pure love that he has shown to slowly bring us together to a point where we can practice everything together and come to a place where we we really um, you know achieve what we are trying to achieve so i really like this uh, 44 no i i with thank you i loved uh, 44 as well and uh, you know again when you think about it and you look at some of the, your experiences with other people who are doing a lot of rituals and you wonder why sometimes uh, but then you realize that everyone is on a journey with a different path towards this single singular goal and each of these yogas is is right for somebody at different points in time um, and so you know there is no right or wrong right or wrong in respect of uh, you know which yoga is to be followed it's a question of your own circumstances and then you do go from one to the other and then you realize all of them have have almost equally contributed to getting you getting you over i think the other one which is interesting is that if you think about uh, about sort of a lot of wealthy kings and people who have all the material sort of wealth how they 
suddenly flip one day, right? And they kind of just renounce everything and kind of get on the path. And that doesn't happen just because, you know, they just change their mind one day. It is really a result of the accumulated spirituality over several births, which has been sort of dormant. And and then you kind of get to a point where you say, well, all of this is, uh, there's a realization that all of this is, is not going to get me anything. And so you then sort of just leave everything, you know, get on the path of spirituality. So it's not like, you know, suddenly the spirituality has come. It's really, you know, moving a step ahead from what you've already achieved over time in the past. I listened to a nice story yesterday uh, by Swami Omkarananda. He says that in one of the South Indian villages, of course, it was a story, so it's probably made up, uh, okay? In one of the South Indian uh, villages, there's this village headman and who was extremely rich and all that stuff. And one fine day, he realized that all this wealth is not going to get him anywhere. And he did not want to distribute the wealth. Uh, he did not want to distribute the wealth. So I believe he just left open the door and he told people saying that, take whatever you want to take. And he just walked off, I believe. Okay. And then everybody was wondering what the hell has happened to this guy. And then they, everybody took the wealth, whatever that they wanted to take and they took everything. And then after some time, this person like, uh, uh, like a wa wa wandering mendicant in that village, he was going and begging food from everybody's home and he was eating and he was just living. That's what he was doing. And, and one day there was a death in that village, I believe. And uh, all the people were crying. Okay, saying that, you know, oh, you are such a great guy. You are such a great guy. And, you know, uh, uh, now you've left us and gone and all that stuff. They were crying and in, in, in some other village leader died. Okay. At that point of time, this uh, went, this uh, this person who, uh, you know, left that wealth, he passes by and he sees that these people are all crying uh, over that other person. Then uh, he suddenly starts crying big time. Okay. Then uh, everybody else who was crying there, they stop. They said, you know, you first of all decided that, you know, all this is not worth it. And he said, you're going to take a different path. And now why are you crying? Then he said, I'm not crying for the person who is dead. I'm crying for all of you who are crying for the dead because you are about to die and you don't know that. And he says that. <laughs> Good one. Rajesh, your story reminds me of, uh, I think, Swami SPG's story too, right? Like a person, uh, there's an ascetic who comes to town and then everybody asks him, oh, you used to be a very rich guy. Like, how come you gave away everything and then you are in this path? And then, so you have sacrificed a lot. How is that possible? Then he kind of replies with, no, I am like giving all this up, going towards infinity. You are all the people who have given up infinity and you are trying to hold on to the minimal finite stuff. So you are the bigger sacrificers than me. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about how finite plus finite plus finite is still finite. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, verse 47, you know, uh, was it is one of the very important verses in my view, uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, one thing which, which, uh, which came to me was in terms of you know actually if you if you read if you read the the one in bold uh, before verse forty seven what uh, Swami Chinmayananda writes right there are different types of meditators each meditating upon a different point of contemplation okay 
who among them is then the best and the greatest meditator? Then mm -hmm. he says, among all the yogis, he who, full of faith, with his inner self merged in me, worships me, is according to me the most devout. I found that this was a very, 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 very powerful uh, thing because uh, the object of meditation is very important. Okay. And Kishore, you, you must remember this when we went and met uh, Swami uh, Nutanji for the, for the lecture recently. I asked him a question, right? What spiritual sadhana would you suggest? Yeah. Then he asked me, he asked me a reverse question. Do you meditate? I said, yes. Then the next question to me was, what is your objective of meditation? He asked me that question. Okay. Then I told him peace of mind and then to realize yourself. Then he said, for peace of mind, you have to do this. To realize yourself, you do this. So it's very, very important to figure out what is our objective of meditation. And I think, you know, from a practical perspective, every day when you sit down for meditation, you need to, let's say that you sit down for meditation, you need to really think, why am I going to spend this X minutes of time, 20 minutes of time? What exactly is my objective? Okay. Which in, uh, you know, in most of our uh, puja and all that stuff is, is bankrolled if I can use that word, into this thing called Sankalpa. So what is your objective? Your objective is your Sankalpa. And you state your Sankalpa before you do any puja and then you go ahead and do the puja. Which I found it very, very powerful in my view. This 47. Rajesh, I totally agree with that. that I was um, reading yesterday this these uh, shlokas. I was also uh, trying to get the meaning of Sri Suktam. And I found um, this particular 147, which says, you know, you have the full concentration or, you know, worship me as if with, with full faith and, um, you know, full conviction. And the same sentence in a different form comes in Sri Suktam. It's uh, Shloka 5, um, where they, they talk about how she is, but it's beautifully said it's all loke, you know, in every lokas, she's the mother. If you have full conviction, then she just protects just by her smile and by looks. And that just reflected back so beautifully in this shloka too. You, look, you, you say Sri Suktam and you know the meaning and then you come back and read Bhagavad Gita chapter 6. And then you see this last um, shloka, it's it's exactly same. So when you say about sankalpam, sankalpam in every word of that, whatever you're chanting or even what you're doing, maybe in cooking, if you have that thing of full conviction, uh, if you have that full conviction or faith in in that Almighty, uh, it just makes totally your whole you know being totally different. So I, I found that very interesting, like how, whether you say Purusha Suktam, Shri Suktam, I'm sure next time I'm going to look, take uh, Bhu Suktam uh, <laughs> to see the meaning, but it translates back to what is there in Bhagavad Gita too. And 47 really um, speaks to all of that together. So Vidya, would you want to chant, for, chant Shri Suktam, that part of it for us? For sure, absolutely. Uh, I will chant um, till six because this one is fifth verse. Om Hiranyavarnam Harinim 
सुवर्णरजतस्रजा चंद्रिण्मयी लक्ष्मी जातवेदो मवहतावेदो लक्ष्मी मनपगाण्यम विंदेयंगाश्वुषानहम अश्वपूर्वा रथमध्या हस्तिनाद प्रबोधिनी श्रिय देवी मुपह्वे श्रीर्मादेवी जुषताकुंसोस्मताकाराद्रांज्वलतीृप्ता तर्पयती ಪದ್ಮೇಸ್ಥಿಂಪರ್ಣಾಶ್ವಲಂತೀಗುಶ್ರಿಯಲ್ಲೋಕೆಜುಷ್ಟಾಮುದಾರಣೀರ್ಮ
kind of you know you are imagining that this this brahman is within you and then you are training the mind to think of that particular brahman within you so you think about this there's this there's this intellect part of our mind which is attached to the emotional mind and the sense organs are going outwards that's one path what it takes but the same intellect now it is sitting down and now it is said this body is a temple therefore the senses should divert attend inward the mind should get diverted inward and then the intellect says that what is the objective of this particular japa that i'm doing okay what am i asking then it says that the intellect says that this entity that i have instantiated within this body within me the brahman which is no different than the brahman in the sun that is shining okay i want that brahman to give me this better intelligence to always remember and give the knowledge to go to this brahman so it's basically training the intellect to you know start attaching itself on a daily basis actually thrice daily basis to the brahman rather than the other way around that's the significance of uh, sandhya vandana rajesh that is beautiful i just wanted to add uh, what uh, the other day um kalpana uh, shared with uh, with what uh, swami sarvapriyananda had talked about a chart where you know all of us on the right hand side like uh, you know small people uh, everyone with uh, with trees flowers fruits everything uh, you know all living beings here and the left hand side up is sun shining and sun is beautiful and that sun basically is what is brahman so if we are from right side looking at the sun and trying to be that can we be on the left side itself and think about that sun and that that's who we are so your sandhya vadanam just brought me back to share you with you guys that you are that sun so you know think about that go to that left side and just see it and it, it, it that's what we need to go to and that's what we need to experience so i just wanted to share from what alpna said because see when i did this when i kind of you know been doing this religiously for the last 6 months every day i wish i could do it three times but i'm not able to do it one thing what i'm realizing is it's such a powerful thing first of all before you do the gayatri japa you say that uh, asavaditya brahma sahamasmi the brahman what is there in the sun is the same as the brahman in me that's what you say you say but then you you go back and do you realize that saying that, okay but my intellect is still not at ready to understand it therefore i need train train my intellect to understand that and then you keep on praying for that buddhi that is what is gayatri japa that's all it is om burmuswa tatsaitarvarinya bhagavadivasadimahi diyoyona prachodaya that means i pray to that entity who uh, should give me the right knowledge to accept this as a fact that's what it says is such a powerful thing are you going to do a session on sandhya vandanam sort of soon next week whenever next week i'm thinking i'll do it i have to prepare yeah, for it because i've heard yeah. so much yeah next week i'm thinking i'll do that i have to prepare for it though but i'll do it that would be nice and if there is a text that we can read ahead of time that'll be helpful too i will i will find that also but the one that i'm using unfortunately and i'm not able to find the uh, soft copy you know i have a i printed it out but i'm not able to find that soft copy this is what i use as my daily you know uh, ritual wow. okay 
with lots of notes and all that stuff. So I need to find out where, worst case, I'll scan this entire thing and I'll send it. So that I can use that as my presentation slides and then I can share my uh, insights. And I'll tie it with uh, chapter six and quote unquote, that will be my revision for chapter six. So I will excuse myself from further <laughs> talks. <laughs> Perfect. It'll give us some more time to prepare ourselves for the following week. Then. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, if, uh, if if that's okay with you, with all of you, next week I will uh, maybe spend maybe about uh, uh, 45 minutes on Sandhya Vandana and maybe another uh, 35 to 40 minutes on the meditation after that, so if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine, Rajesh. I mean, if you want to do it over two sessions, that's fine too. Okay, we'll play it by the year. Yeah. Okay, taking a pause. It's 7.10. So, anybody else? Ranjani, Subbu, Shyamala, Muku. No, I think, um, I think all points are covered, uh, Rajesh. I think... Um, what I made notes as, as follows. One is um, when Krishna refers to a yogi. Um, so what I understood of that is um, somebody who's in constant, you know, thought uh, of the Lord, right? Uh, who's in uh, sync with the uh, Lord Krishna and who's in constant union with God, which means that uh, irrespective of what you do during your daily life, um, you know, whatever be the activity, uh, you bring God into, uh, you know, in some form or shape and then uh, work as an instrument of the Lord. In fact, uh, Sathya Sai Baba used to say that do not separate something as a materialistic activity and a spiritualistic activity, right? Uh, he would actually um, literally revoke and, you know, sort of uh, tell people that, you know, everything is, you know, uh, all activities that you do are actually, you know, for the Lord and be his instrument in whatever you do. So to me, uh, you know, it struck me that the yogi that is being referred to here is somebody who is in constant unison with God, okay, uh, not necessarily a karma yogi or jnana yogi, I mean, somebody who is far superior. And that's exactly, you know, the last verse which comes, no, um, uh, in verse number 47, um, which says that, you know, uh, he's a complete protection, uh, you know, for uh, people and they are most, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, somebody whom he loves and, you know, sort of uh, uh, protects them the most. Okay. Um, so that is as far as the yogi is concerned. Uh, the other thing is that um, I think uh, we covered that point as well, is that, um, you know, everybody is on a spiritual journey, which actually comes, uh, you know, to this particular uh, reassurance given to Arjuna saying that what if somebody was not successful in, you know, um, his... Uh, uh, endeavor in this genmam. So he neither becomes suitable for the materialistic world nor does he become suitable for the spiritualistic thing. But I think the reassurance is about, you know, being, you know, born in a family where one can actually continue uh, doing these practices. Um, I've heard many people say this, uh, a lot of uh, these saints um, saying that, you know, what is actually going to come with you is not your wealth, not your property, not your relations, not anybody, but only the kind of, you know, the, the fruits of the actions that you carry with yourself, you know, from this genma uh, to the next genma. So, which actually ties into the fact that, um, you know, somebody who's um, uh, not able to completely, you know, um, uh, reach the destination in this birth is able to find a way out. Uh, and which is why sometimes you see also in uh, the world that, 
there are some people who are at the very young age of five you know like druva for example who went into the forest and uh, you know started to you know uh, pray for lord uh, krishna and similarly there are people who have awakenings at different stages of life so if you look at it i think everybody is on a spiritual journey whether they know it or not and uh, we just need to continue from where we are and keep moving forward so that is the other take that i had and uh, other than this i think um, uh, to me in this chapter i think what really appealed to me is that i think there are a lot of places where krishna gives a lot of reassurances you know um so not just a direction saying that do this but he says if somebody were to do this you know i'm there to protect him right and right through so to me i think those were the two three things uh, which i took from this chapter beautiful yeah. anyone else and just to add to what you said rajesh i think uh, about the doctor who smokes and who advises people not to smoke i think it's uh, it's very true even with kids right so kids don't tend to listen to what we say but they tend to do what we do right so i think uh, action speaks louder than words <laughs> so my my biggest cool. problem is why are they not waking up early to see us wake up early <laughs> i think it's something that they will realize maybe over a period of time yeah so here i i would like to add rajesh uh, like subhu said very beautifully if we what we do is what kids see and they try to imbibe but at the same time our mind is so powerful if we send positive um thinking they would do that so sometimes you don't have to scold them uh, when we come to say very nicely we are actually in our mind for that whole week probably thinking why didn't they do that so that energy is actually going to them so if we think that they will do it and i'm going to say it in a nice way it's a different um, energy so instead of thinking negatively think positively like um because what happens is when the energy goes all already negative energy is going going in and they are retaliating with that and we are thinking oh we never said anything why are they retaliating so i think the most important thing is to just put the positive thoughts beforehand itself and then say it in a full conviction with that positive thought thinking they are supreme brahman as well uh, i think that's the that's the only practice i am noticing it's working more than anything else for me and the added benefit is we are also at peace Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, just a perspective. Right? Our parents did not do all this. We ended up being okay. I think. <laughs> just, just whack them if you want to. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you you don't you. know what they they did. If you ask them, actually, they also looked positive. They also like I did ask my my mom. <laughs> Very good question. Um, mukun but i did ask my mom like how did you think did you get mad at me and she would say no i did this and i did this i first calm myself down so it's a it's a repetitive process but i did ask that question at least with my mom i can ask with my dad i didn't but i'm sure he did the same thing <laughs> on a, on a lighter note vidya no we were all perfect right so <laughs> we are perfect we were like <laughs> we are perfect <laughs> so they didn't they didn't have to get angry with <laughs> sakuba wonderful <laughs> <laughs> 
So finally, everybody yeah, so is Sakuba, on a journey, the, right? The question them, is, yeah. you know, uh, it's it's a karma coming back, right? If you had been perfect, <laughs> it would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's a proof in the pudding. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I had just one comment on this uh, this slokas uh, was um, you know I think it's just not only the like my guru says you know this is a very very subtle truth he talks about here is it's just not only you're born in another family where you're I mean, you'll continue the journey, but it's also the outer wealth also. So basically, whatever, you basically don't lose anything, right? So in terms of, uh, I mean, every dimension of life, whatever whatever spiritually acquired and even materially acquired, you generally are, you don't, you don't, you don't like go lose it um, from a spiritual context or other context also. So that is, that's, that's the point he always makes. And then this truth is kind of applicable because you know sometimes when you there's a lot of insecurity in money and a lot of insecurity in other things. Uh, I mean, this is applicable even for this life. This can be applied as an idea now. So nothing can be taken away from you. I don't think nothing gets taken away from you. In that sense. That's I'm not sure, Muko. I'm not sure I understood that. You're saying nothing can be taken away, and we can also take different life forms after this. So materialistically, how is it that we cannot lose what we have? We may, right? When we get into, we just talked about being a pig we, and other kind of forms of life, right? Then we will not have everything that we have now. Am I understanding yeah, but I think it correctly? It's more of a mental setup, right? So you won't, even as a pig, you'll, you'll born into a system where it will be born with a lot of, in a, in a place where there's, there's abundance, right? Of food. That's that's the idea, right? Not not like in Africa where you're, where there's no food. So basically, that that ecosystem just you know in that dimension carries over whatever the wealth in that dimension. Like if you're born as a pig, food is the wealth, right? I mean, in this we look at money as wealth, but you'll be born with wherever there's abundance of that. Whatever is the context of the wealth in that birth is. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it yeah. makes sense. In in fact, uh, the human birth is uh, extolled and said as one of the most you know um, uh, precious opportunity or gift given by God because this is the only um, you know form of life which has the inter- intellectual capacity to understand and realize uh, God. Yeah. Um, so so to us, I mean, to all of us who have been born as humans, I think that itself is a big uh, opportunity. and a blessing and of course to be born in a good family to be able to participate in the you know knowledge of the uh, the higher self it's it's all a step uh, in a positive direction i would say yeah you know just the statement that you made was very interesting i had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday um, when you say human life is the only form where we have an opportunity to actually evolve further and go to the next steps that is also in a way probably putting pressure on people who are trying to kind of you know get into this path right it i think theoretically it is understood that this is the greatest opportunity somewhere at least i am having to work on my mind that yes it is an opportunity doesn't mean it is going to happen today doesn't mean that maybe others are progressing faster than that so there the fear of i am mean, missing this opportunity yes this is the greatest opportunity given to us which means we have to make best use of it am i doing the best am i really 
you know, converting every single, you know, opportunity that is coming my way to really get to where I want to. Um, it's a question that's always constantly there on my mind. I, I'm, I'm not sure whether that's the right question to ask. But a, a few of the discussion that I have is, are, am I doing the best? Yes. Now, academically, I understood because I'm just, a, you know, learning ABCs now that this is the only way to exit, right? This form where you know everything, you, you know, this, this from here is where you can get this enlightenment. Am I doing everything possible to make this the best possible one? I'm not sure. So that to that extent, there is a little bit of pressure aspect. I'm being honest. No, I think um, you know one should not be looking at it, um, you know, um, uh, in a manner that it is putting pressure in this, this you know, in your own way of working. Uh, I would say that uh, end of the day, everybody is on a spiritual path, and um, everybody is at a certain stage of evolution, right? And uh, the only thing that we need to be, um, you know, concerned about is uh, how am I moving forward from where I am, you know, and where I was yesterday. So long as we are able to do that, uh, I think one can uh, keep moving forward, um, you know, and, um, you know, slowly uh, reach the destination. And one of my friends, uh, he used to always say that, you know, uh, look at life as not just this life, which is getting over by maybe 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever it is, but look at it as a continuum where you have actually evolved over a period of, you know, many janmas and you are here today and you're actually having more opportunities to evolve going forward. So there will be this uh, thing, but I think what is important in this entire journey um, and um, is that one has to be true to oneself. I think that is something which I, uh, you know, uh, truly cherish. Uh, I think we should do um, things knowingly and trying to do things um, which are, you know, in line, you know, with um, uh, the values, right? Um, of Satya Dharma, Shanti, Prema, Amsa. So I think those are a few things to practice. And as long as we keep doing it, I think we will, you know, keep moving in the right direction. I think that's uh, important. Everybody has to travel this path, you know. Um, um, you know, people say that, um, you know, gurus are there to actually give us the direction. Um, but end of the day, you know that this is the road to Bangalore from Chennai. But then uh, if somebody has to reach, uh, you know, uh, Bangalore from Chennai, he or he sh uh, should travel the path, right? So finally, it's our journey. And I think we should just reflect it uh, that way. Uh, that's my submission. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to address what Shamla said about uh, her thoughts on the questions keep coming and the fear that is she doing the right thing. The fear itself is, I feel, needs to be taken out if and have the full conviction that you are that self, right? So once I, once you have that conviction, and if that's difficult. Then you uh, have the conviction of, you know, having your Ishta Devata as, as the self and then go towards that to actually understand. So you have to have that conviction that you are doing the right, right things. So the fear will go away. And once the fear goes away, then it just brings you to do the right things and practices, meditation or whatever you are on to it. And like how Subhu said, we are all on the same journey. So where should there, there should not be any fear. It's just that our paths are a little different. Um, 
and including whether it's human beings or you know animals and insects we have heard the story of uh, you know the the, the gaja uh, gajendra moksha gajendra moksha right so even if gajendra can get moksha that means anybody can get it right so we shouldn't have that fear at all to even start a journey so i think we we need to drop that first shamlas to we are not performing here to get any anywhere to to become the first second third there's no race that's how i feel now you know well said vidya so uh, and subu to it's not about the race or a first or a second or a third position but it's a understanding of this is the best opportunity to given so yeah, i think I this is almost like a fear of outcome where we certainly we go back to karma yoga you mm. can't worry about the result you just have to do and you may slip a few steps back you may take a few steps forward but just stay confident that you will get what you have to get and uh, that's the ishwararpana buddhi has to be constantly fed back so it, it it's a cycle i totally understand but i'm just expressing that somewhere uh, it keeps coming back you know when probably when we slip right you know we know that we have to do these uh, sadhana chatushtayam and so on and so forth but you know you're not giving your best and you're giving into some temptations okay you know are we doing the best you know <laughs> the kind of uh, thought that comes back but i i i hear you guys you know every 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 uh, journey is unique and we are at different points and we don't know what the future is you know um, like subu said we know what we know which is a 50 51 years probably we don't know what's before what's after uh, that's not visible to us something is going to unfold and there is a lot that has happened which is not visible to us um, so just keep going with it no i great perspective i i had to hear some of these perspectives then also because this is there somewhere it's not the strongest of fear but the thought keeps coming once in a while and and great to bring this up because you know even though today i'm saying that next moment i might have that fear and i have to constantly you know get rid of that fear so uh, it's great that you bring this up in the forum otherwise <laughs> you know we won't contemplate on this so bajagovindam said this say satsangatve nissangatvam nissangatvam nirmohatve nischalatatvam nischalatatvam jivan mukti yeah shyamala i think you know your point is very very valid but you know let's analyze this a little bit more uh, at a very very logical level right i see it in two ways in analyzing your question right is the spiritual path any different than what we would have otherwise done assume that we had not gotten into uh, learning gita or whatever okay <laughs> Uh, we would have gone through a particular path in life right now is the spiritual path what is it adding or deleting from what we are supposed to be doing in our life in my view the only thing that it is asking us to do it is okay change the attitude towards what you're doing and that attitude is mental so if you are if you are in a particular life of you know uh, uh, of a, let's say a grihastha husband and a wife a father or a mother and then i am a business a sales guy or i am a tech technical technical person it's not asking you to eradicate or eliminate any of those roles that you're doing so number one so your life per se the way that we were going so far before we stumbled upon this concept of atma and all that stuff is supposed to go on the way it is going on because we've got some additional quote unquote knowledge 
what what we are expected to do is apply the particular knowledge to bring that attitude into our life that's all it's saying from that perspective practical perspective your day to day life does not change that's one extreme of the argument right the other extreme of the argument is it's a reality that you don't know i don't know nobody knows when is my last breath so assume for a moment if i had only one day to live 24 hours to live how would i spend my 24 hours? so then you go to the other extreme which is like which says what is my best case list what would i do if i if i know that by to tonight midnight 12 no 12 night i am dead i am no more living okay then what would i do what are those things thing, things then if you draw that list it will come maybe two or three or four five things whatever or maybe one thing it will come to you but then you say okay if this is what i have to do am i ready to leave let go of everything else and do this okay the answer would be nahi yaar nahi hoga waise why because i have the scope that i'm going to live for the next day and then what you say is okay i know what my ideal is but i know i can't reach my ideal therefore i am hoping that i'll have more breaths to live and continue my way it is so that i can develop that intensity to go to the ideal so even from that perspective the path what you are doing today is still the same there's nothing changes just the mental attitude changes so why should there should be any concern why there should be any fear why there should be any fear of outcome well said i think it, it's just constantly keep feeding this back to the mind when that thought comes so that it, it it's internalized right you know uh, it's uh, i i i guess you know th- this is obviously new found knowledge for me in my life in the last two years um very very convincing but the it's not such a uh, the conviction is not changing my day to day life um and so am i is, is this the best utilization of the opportunity that was given to me is a little bit of a you know lurking question at, at the yeah. back of the mind sure. continue to go with this journey is what i hear yes and and it, there's only progress from here uh, we also talked about there is no regression maybe in different forms but in, you know whatever we have acquired is is here to stay i think shamla uh, one point i may just add you know i think uh, if you really want to get this into daily life i think one uh, point which may help is to do your best in everything that you do yeah so so for example um, if you are a mother like you know try to be you know the good mother that you are okay with your kids if you are going to be spending even 5 minutes with a friend who's probably visiting you after a long time make it memorable make it nice make it interesting yeah um leave people with good thoughts uh, good feelings at the end of the interaction that you have had uh if you're working give it the best in your job uh if you're driving a car do your best um so i think as you keep doing this i think you will realize that um, you know you will develop that uh sense that you know you are adding value to people around you and uh, you're also you know uh, building in this single pointedness that is required for dhyana and meditation so i think um uh and devote every action that you're doing to, as a you know action that you're doing you know in the interest of the lord so if you try to bring god into your daily life and start doing the best in everything that you do i think um, you know you will soon see that there is a transformation that probably is happening within you itself you know you'll probably realize it and maybe all these fears will just go away and uh, i always believe that uh, you know the more you bring god into your daily life all these other things 
start to disappear you may have some vices some people may have vices of smoking drinking you know indulging in certain things etc but the more you get uh into the satsang and you know good company etc slowly you will see uh, those vices also start to leave you you know over a period of time i don't know whether it is uh, helpful but uh, i just thought i'll share practical very practical thanks subo yeah yeah i think just a one comment i think i'll add is uh, i think the, the real emphasis is not to I mean not whatever happens that you indulge don't indulge the action is does not matter i think if it cannot result in a powerlessness right powerless emotion like like helplessness i mean the key is to take responsibility i mean if 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 there is conviction and and do do your best like what sabu said but don't have a powerless emotion emotion associated with it something dropped okay dropped if you want to fix it take responsibility and fix it if you think that indulgence is okay keep keep doing it and and i think the key is what i've seen is the it's like the process of boiling water right the satsanga will boil it the satsanga will purify it and uh, the satsanga will add what needs to get added satsanga will take what needs to get taken out this is the process itself gives a tremendous intelligence um, and and at some point you know when the water boils there's going to be uncomfort uh, and you know but that's all you don't you don't need to worry about now right i mean it's it's the process is intelligent the trust the process the key is just engage stay engaged with the satsanga read the read the higher truths uh, in some way form or other and somehow they will they will guide uh, the process it's, it's it's amazingly intelligent guidance uh, what, what i've seen is just uh, just just beautiful you know it needs to drop what needs to drop it lad what needs to add uh, just uh, my guru always says you know stay with the guru even if you just you know crowded train you just hanging by one fingernail hang by one fingernail in the train you know with with the guru right just doesn't matter like the pilani train and of some of you remember how it goes so just hang in there just don't don't drop off right which is which is in this context is you know being staying in truth the touch of the truths the higher cognition listening to satsangs having conversations that will boil what needs to boil this is a perspective yeah and actually i'll tell you uh, shamla one other thing which uh, at a practical level right i mean it's been about uh, uh, last uh, you know one week since i've been you know uh, just been watching binge watching movies and all that stuff right and uh, so the question that i keep asking myself at the end of the day is uh, every day you know is that time well worth spent on doing that or not right and honestly my intellect says i shouldn't have done it but then you know i ended up doing it it's that's the reality of it okay but then uh, the point is how can i justify myself saying that okay if i had that one hour extra with me i should have spent on something which is to my goal nevertheless i was helpless not to do it to spend spend that time on my chosen goal but i did on something else because i was feeling that you know later on post facto i was feeling that i shouldn't have spent that but then the point is i end up repeating the next day also so the way that i think about the whole thing is you know you know lagta hai bhagwan mere ko bola hai you know there is something in you wo kida hai abhi binge watch karna hai watch kar do okay ho gaya okay then Correct. maybe you know you it's like a deviation from the path you know you're going on the path the vehicle has stalled and then you say okay i'm going to take a go there look around explore what is there come back 
maybe the mechanic could have fixed the vehicle and then again go, go forward in the path. So there's a deviation from the path at this point of time. And then accept it. The moment we start accepting it, then the deviation yeah. will reduce over a period of time. Correct. I think acceptance Great. is uh, important. Great example, Rajesh. You know, I have some similar examples. But the question that I keep getting back is, um, again, what like uh, uh, Muku said, right? Am I taking accountability to change myself? I'm, I'm also, you know, whether binge watching is one example, probably there is something else, you know, sh I should definitely drop one cup of coffee from my daily routine, but I'm not able to. And I convince myself that it's getting cold and, you know, that there are many, many reasons, you know, it's, it's already touched thirties in Dallas. No, 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 no. It's a cup of coffee is the way to go. That's how we should start the day. So many things we kind of logically convince our mind and keep doing it. So am I slipping in that process or am I supposed to just accept myself? You know, somewhere I think I have to take accountability for the things that I'm doing as well, right? So I guess, you know, good example, but acceptance and move on and it can't be a powerless emotion. Great uh, usage of the word there. If I really strongly feel I should change, but if I cannot change, accept and move on. Exactly. Yeah. No, no need to have guilt there. Just indulge. And, and also things don't change overnight, right? Um, so it, it takes a while um, to, you know, bring about a change. So go step by step. Not a problem. Yeah. Right. Thank Any you for allowing me to have. No, my last comment is thanks for allowing me to have that extra cup have of a coffee. coffee. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Please do. Just dedicate it to the Lord and have it. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and remember, Lord doesn't like a lot so, of sugar. Actually, uh, there's a beautiful, there's a, there's a beautiful, I'll take three minutes uh, because topic is important. There's a beautiful real, real life story from Ramakrishna's life. He had his, uh, I forget his, uh, he had his very, very well-known uh, disciple, who was a who was a director of place? I don't know if you know Ramakrishna's life, um, right? So he had a problem with drinking, right? He was he loved to drink, and every day he will drink. And uh, somehow Ramakrishna, he got attracted to Ramakrishna, and then he met him, but he could never give up this drinking, right? Uh, and then he came and told Ramakrishna, like, you know, what what do I do, right? So Ramakrishna said, you drink, but offer that to Kali, and you drink. That's all. Right? You just offer what you're drinking to Kali and drink. And he was, a, when being in Calcutta, he's always a Kali is a big deity for, for this person also, right? And then after maybe month, two, three months, he meets Ramakrishna and he stopped drinking, right? The question asked is, why did you drop? He said, I, I offered and drank for a few days, but beyond a point in time, I could not offer that anymore. Because it's like you're offering that to your kid, right? You're, will you offer your alcohol to your kid or your mother and drink, right? So that sensitivity came into the process, right? That's why I'm saying the process is itself intelligence, right? As long as you are staying within the, within the satsang and the truth framework, it is intelligent. It'll it'll add what needs to be added, and he dropped without a fight with him. He was not struggling, right? To drop, he didn't have he didn't have like you know something pulling back and going. He just dropped it with a clear understanding. Oh, this is I won't do this to my mother. I won't do this to my kid. Why am I doing it to myself? That's all, and it dropped. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful example. And I mean, the Ishwararpana works always well. And if you Ishwararpana, you want to drink coffee, drink coffee. That's all. Nothing, all, nothing much can be done. So. <laughs> Enjoy. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, my guru always will we go to take all these problems to me. He'll just laugh and say, what to do? 
<laughs> that's all you'll always say what to do <laughs> and then keep moving on show his hand keep moving keep doing <laughs> so just uh, that's that's the right attitude so no 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 powerlessness all right so i think uh, we exceeded the time 10 minutes but i think it was worth spending the time thank you shambhala for the last uh, last minute uh, sixer bowler uh, gubli i think a lot of us batted hopefully <laughs> it's it's worked out very well all right let's say the concluding prayer and so the next week uh, most probably i will uh, uh, i will do the uh, talk on sandhya vandana next week okay uh, are we going to be doing the summary of the chapter yeah summary of the chapter uh, okay. i'm going to start with the my my summary of the chapter with the sandhya vandana talk and then maybe one of you can one of if you have time please prepare one of you you know we'll, we'll we can probably uh, do uh, ajay do you prefer uh, alphabetically this time i'm good either way i mean okay, i will do it alphabetically then <laughs> okay so uh, so one or two i think can uh, talk talk based on the remaining time and then you know at the end of uh, everyone's uh, summary i will uh, uh, do the meditation session at the end of it then we will do the meditation Rajesh, uh, next two weeks I won't be uh, there. I'm traveling to India, so yeah. we'll yeah. change the zoom. We've, we've, Alpana is, uh, uh, you know, get, getting. Uh, we're using her bridge from for next week. So as soon as Alpana comes back, I think she'll post the link. Okay. Yeah, I already chatted with her on that. All right. Safe travels, Kishore. Thank you. Sarve bhavantu sukhina ha. Sarve santu niramaya ha. सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु मा कश्चिद् दुःख भाग भवेत् ओम शान्ति 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 श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि हि ओम थैंक यू एन्जॉय द वीकेंड बाय बाय थैंक यू हरि ओम थैंक यू थैंक यू एवरीवन थैंक यू हरि ओम